So I'm really glad that you mentioned this map because I'm looking here on my laptop at qproofs.com yes. backslash q slash clock dot html and holy shit if i if we're trying to get our heads around this i couldn't have done it without looking at the goddamn q clock you have to look at the q clock it's very, you have to you have to gaze into the abyss it's um how would you describe it because uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around this whole thing what is the q clock and what does it do uh i think of it as the modern equivalent of the magical stones that Joseph Smith looked at in the hat to help him decode yes. the, uh, the plates. Now, because the plates, it's not the plates. The plates are the Q proofs. Okay, okay. The Q clock is the gems in the hat to decode the, the proofs. Got it, got yeah. it. Let's, let's do a little. I'm going to, it's going to be great because I'm not even going to show it to you, but I'm going to describe to you what this is and mm -hmm. we could try to unpack it a little bit or yeah, just marvel it. at its ridiculousness. It's gorgeous. It's a, uh, this is from the website. It's got at the very top, it's got a Q drop, right? Which is the technical term for when Q signs An in. official signed in uh, Intel drop from deep intelligence source Q. <laughs> which is maybe one person, but more likely 10 of which, uh, seven of them are definitely in the military intelligence apparatus, if it is like a, a gang of white hats in there. Well, that's the theory, yes. I mean, Q is supposed to stand for the highest level of, uh, of clearance in the government, Q clearance. So the guy or guys who have it in the, in the cosmology are deep-level intelligence operatives, maybe even Donald Trump himself. Yeah, I uh, love that part of That's it. my favorite. <laughs> uh, and they like the guy's president, and he's c carrying out this deep state uh, coup. He's going he's gonna, to uh, counter-coup all of these, uh, these child molesters, but he's also going to leak these gnomic uh, messages for people to decode for no reason. They're not supposed to do anything with this data. That's the most amazing part. My, I finally heard something today. I was listening to, of course, QAnon Anonymous, great fucking podcast. Did a lot of research, quote unquote, this week, yeah. just by listening to that shit. And finally, I think I got the reason behind that, which is that allegedly something like 99% of people, according to the Q folks, if they heard all of the truths exposed, would immediately end up in the hospital. It would break their brain so much. It's like which you is, can't hear the real name of God. Exactly. <laughs> it's like fucking Scientology says the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. Scientology, they bring you through all these levels. You know, they have to bring you up because allegedly L. Ron Hubbard said that if you were exposed to this all at once, you'd fucking die. Yeah. It would just be such a shock. Yeah. And, and the idea is that QAnon's the same thing. Like that's what, that's what some people argue about it. So yeah, as opposed to just simply telling us you know, that this evil cabal is, uh, you know, all the details of the evil cabal and what they want, exposing them, but also taking them down. They have to kind of slow walk us through this process. That's the idea. When we have to trust the plan. Hashtag. Trust, trust the plan. That's right. So here we go. Here's a Q drop. And it says, quote, we will never lose again when this is finished. Q. And it says, oh, there's a misspelling there. Q says when instead of when. This is like the, the little uh, side piece to it. It's telling us that. But then it pulls up two tweets from Donald Trump, one of which says, quote, he is turning out to be enormously cons consequential presidency, so much that we've never seen the day that I wish Hillary Clinton was president, blah, blah, blah. But Trump left out inconsequentially. He left out a Q. 
So now there's some annotation on the side that says Donald J. Trump misquotes M. Goodwin's New York Post article, leaves out the letter Q. And then following that below it, another Q drop, which says good slash win, win slash when, bracket 15 Q, annotation. Q points out that his previous post is no mistake, that win equals when. Q points out that his previous post is a marker alluding to the Donald J. Trump tweet, good, win. Q notes the time difference between the two tweets. So it's not simply that you can read Q. It's not simply that you can read the tweets or listen to Donald Trump. You have to decode the fact that Q isn't predicting the future. What Q is doing is pointing out through these proofs the ways that these numbers and these facts and these details work together given the information that you have out there in the world. It's decoding it, literally. Yes. Uh, I mean, the way you can think of it is, is it's essentially trying to create a William Burroughs-style mind virus. Mm. Like th this whole, the Q clock, the, the approach to media, it's essentially schizophrenia. And, and Q, the Q, is, Q and the Q community is teaching people how to be schizophrenic. Which if we know because we've read our uh, you know Guattari and our Delacuzia, sure. <laughs> we know that that's the like the mental condition of capitalism right, is right, schizophrenia. Right. So of course at this end stage of like total frenzy, there's like the only way to cope with the 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 these overabundance of information washing over you at any moment and your own personal powerlessness relative to the amount of information you have. Right. Because to me that's the thing that's just. Mind blowing. It's like medieval peasants had no power over anything. No, yeah. But they also didn't know anything. Right, right. I mean, they knew how to grow some turnips. Sure. And they knew there was know, like folk knowledge. Right, that exactly. Was they knew how to, but they didn't know what was going on in the courts of the, the czar or whatever the hell if they lived in the middle of a turnip patch in fucking Belarus. And that's as it should be. Now we are about as powerless as peasantry, but we know almost, or we can right. imagine, we can convince ourselves that we know everything that's right. happening. Just, just like the greatest uh, like uh, tragedy of humanity is that we're the creature that knows we're going to die. Right. And that knowledge just haunts us at all fucking times. Yep. It's the same sort of thing. Too much knowledge ends up obviously causing all sorts of paroxysms. And, yeah. Uh, and what Q is saying to people is, hey, you have to be crazy to absorb this world in a way that is... Anything other than enervating, anything other than just eventually dis disorienting and 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 uh, and uh, eventually just um, demoralizing. The only way to take power over that is to essentially delude yourself on purpose, like stare into uh, stare into the scrying orb long enough to just lose yourself in one specific thread, yeah. and then using something like the Q clock, you can apply it to any data. And you can make sense out of this just barrage, this, this contextless, this churn. Right. And, and not only are you making sense of it, you are imagining yourself part of a community, which, yeah. my God, everyone in, Amer everyone in the world is dying for. Yes. Even though they don't know it. Uh, so you have an imagined community you're a member of, and you have a destiny, and you have a role to play. I mean, it really is the great chain of being recreated for the postmodern era. It's like it's what Pringles do to try to become human again. <laughs> it's it's fascinating because, um, yeah, when when we're we're history people, right? Oh, by the way, welcome to History as a Weapon number nine. I'm Sean KB. Of course, this is Matt Christman. Hey, we're hey. talking today about QAnon. Oh, baby! But uh, you know, as we know, the farther back in time you go, the more difficult it is to get sources of information, archival materials, and you know, any documentation in the sense of how human beings lived. Something like for the last 100 or 150 years or so, more and more there's been this rolling 
increase in the amount of information such that to even understand where we're at in the present or even recent history, there's so much information that it's hard to even know where to start. Yeah. Historians in the future, and I hate to say if there are any, are going to look back at our period and it's going to seem like a complete mishmash. It's going to seem like a, like a, like a chaotic, just, uh, just. How are you supposed to know where to start? What to pull out? What's, how do you separate signal from noise? And honestly, I think at this point, the only conclusion you come to is, well, it's all noise. None of it actually has content. The only, the only meaning it has is its existence as part of a whole. Right. But th that's not how we process information. You know, we try to, like, create discrete – we try to weigh discrete incidents, you know, for, for their value, emotional and, and, and you know, uh, informational value. But that's, that's a mug's game. Uh, you can either – and you have two choices. You can try to accept that, accept this as a, uh, you know – as just a, a a deluge, a spectacle of spectacles, and try to find like an inner reserve whereby you can function having accepted that. Yeah, yeah. Or you can do what everyone else is doing, from MSNBC moms to Q people, which is to try to ra uh, lasso the hurricane and grab pull meaning out of it by. But but any attempt to do that will involve an arbitrary selection. Yeah. You have to pick something basically at random, and then you have to commit to it. And that is what Q is presenting with people, people who are confused and beaten down and, and, and un, unsure of themselves and unsure of the world around them. And they give you an answer, which is more than most can say. Uh, and and I, I think it's only... And I, and I do think that like the Q phenomenon is, is the future of all political... Uh, consciousness all political organizing i'm like in a mass sense in america in the near future uh because that's what we do that's what that's what a, an american subject does a totally inundated totally isolated subject does is that they find they they, they most of the time are going to just try to push into this grab out something uh and then try to weave a fucking a tapestry of meaning out of it yeah and how that tapestry has been woven in the past was through um, community through yeah. uh, organizations through a mass media that yeah. was monolithic. Uh, uh, like I, I just finished Reaganland. Ah, good. And, Perlman, yes. Yeah, and uh, you know I've read I've read all four of those books. They're all fantastic. And one of the real tr strengths of them is that Perlstein does this thing where he goes through uh, the high the the the, the middle brow uh, like monocultural uh, uh, products like. Book of the Month Club main selections and Reader's Digest and Time and Newsweek covers and uh, bestseller, who's on the bestseller list, what's on TV. And that, and he gives, and it helps give this cultural context to the political, you know, machinations that he's talking about. And then he can craft a narrative out of what, so, what otherwise would just be a series of, uh, you know, connected and right. discrete political events, but ones where there's no, like, flavor, no texture. And right. No like, you get a sense of, like, how these politics shape the culture and how the culture then shapes the politics. And the reason it's persuasive reading it is because there was one book of the month club right. that went to 40 million people or whatever. Yeah. There were three television stations that were watched. Like, at one given time, third of the, the American public is watching The Tonight Show. Right. You know, Time and Newsweek. These are magazines that are read by, by I mean, in compared to our population maybe not that many people but as a percentage of the american population much much bigger than anything we have now that counts as a monocultural product and so he has the ability to persuasively weave like a cultural uh, context out of these things because they had real cultural imprint yes they they were they were 
uh, absorbed by uh, significant percentages, of, in, in some cases, majorities of the population. And, and, and even if not everybody was reading the same thing, you had the, the relative tastemakers, like this upper middle class sort of media elite that created this consensus yes. around what was news and how to interpret yes. that news. And then there might be different ways that that would be acted upon yeah. or thought about as it got down to the hoi polloi. Right. But this monolithic media apparatus and this small class of people who were the makers of that was pretty much dominant up until of course the internet yes and that's why i read that book and i'm like anybody who tries to do that now is fucked no way because like how where are you going to pick and how are you ever going to be able to make a case to a to an edge to a a skeptical reader is that the pizza that uh oh yeah that (laughs) uh delivery all right one minute yeah i'll be right back all right pizza break um all right I was. I remember where I was. Where were you when the pizza break happened? I was talking about how uh, somebody trying to do Pearlstein social history with yes, media. Yes. Um, how could they have any kind of skeptical or even neutral listener or reader, rather, or cyber hologram viewer, whatever the fuck it will be? Uh, why would they accept any claim that any of the chosen things reflected anything other than some weird microsect? Because right. that's all we have. Now the 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 I, I would argue that the the uh, that there is a similar dynamic within all of these different things. You know, like we're talking about Q, but in a lot of ways we could also be talking about RussiaGate. Yes, yes. This is, I think, one of the big takeaways people should get from this. Go on. It's uh, it's that what we have is a bunch of people who are coping with their uh, with the inability to find any handle on the world by entering into a, a, a state of self-hypnosis with the aid of the computer or the television to give them a map uh, that they're going to use. And uh, and all you can really do, I'd say, if you were trying to do Pearlstein stuff, is to pick a thread and just examine the dynamic and do, say... Do a micro-history exactly, one thread. And say, like, these people, this, they're all like this in one way or another. You just substitute different elements. Right. Like uh, like Lev Parnas is is the, is you know Q in their world or whoever the fuck these people the, the <laughs> Russian people are. don't tell Virgil he'd hate that yeah I mean that's that's the really I mean if people want to know why Trump won you know look at the two look at the two delusional uh, uh, cult like quasi religious media cults that got spawned by them Russiagate and Q which one's more fun exactly which yeah. which one is more uh, satisfying from a narrative perspective it's not close. It's, fucking it's not even blowout. Close. It's a fucking blowout, 100%. This is like... It took me a while to think about QAnon and what it meant. And I, I went back to the shit that we've talked about so many times before, which is um, this kind of hangover that exists still from the mid-20th century, from this golden age of American capitalism that ends in the 1970s, but in our imaginations, in the American mind, continues as this sort of normative state that every American is supposed to have this chance to have a house, have a yep. picket fence, mm-hmm. have a decent job, that they get the stability of staying The American the dream. The American dream, exactly. Like, that, not only is that uh, dream still alive in the United States, but it's it, partially that is the dream that animates so much of Trumpism. Because it's about, as Reagan was before, going back to this mythical era about making America great again. But as the years go on, as you get, of course, from Reagan 
<laughs> through Bush and then into Trump, the material basis for that, the objective reality, and just the distance historically from the ability of an average American worker to do well and to have stability, be able to send their kids to college, whatever the fuck it is they, you know, that the American dream is, just degrades and degrades and degrades until, you know, Reagan, you could talk about a shining city on the hill, you know, uh, gesturing back to John Wyth- Winthrop, right? This, right? this Calvinist Puritan that arrives and says that, you know, America is going to be basically the new Jerusalem. But Reagan could plausibly argue that it was simply, it was simply a few policies, it was simply a lack of optimism that led to the... the Taxes and regulations. Of if, the we, if we let the American entrepreneur free, it will create uh, shared prosperity for all Americans as they pursue their own dreams and then somehow that, that shark tank of piranha monsters attacking each other, that will lead to everyone thriving. Right. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was plausible for a while. And then we had, you know, uh, we were able to distribute the pain of deindustrialization in such a way that the people most likely to uh, vote, the people who most likely to actually play some sort of uh, role in the political process were the least likely to be affected by it. Uh, but eventually it consumed more and more of, of the world. Uh, and and at the, we're, we're at the end point now where we've had a total marketization where the bubbles are coming weaker, uh, they're, they're inflating uh, less, and they're popping earlier. And that leaves people in America but unable to dream. Right. And they are not equipped. We do not equip people with an ability to reckon with that incongruity. No. You have, you have this immovable object, on the one hand, of America's long, long imperial and domestic decline. You have, on the other hand, this immovable object of American ideology. Yes. That says that this is the birthright of every American is to have this. And the, it's, what we see with QAnon is a confrontation between these two immovable objects, these two dynamics. And of course, different from Reagan's era when there was some small possibility of there being a reset, now it, it, the only way that you could believe these two things, the only way that you could have the cognitive dissonance enough is to send yourself into a deluded state. You know, if, like, if you listen to Noam Chomsky, he always talks about the Walter Lippmann quote about propaganda and, and social control in the 1920s, uh, necessary illusions, yes. right, to make the American people understand what the ruling class needs and, and understand their it's own for everyone's, It's for everyone's good, but they're not, too, they're not smart enough to get that. Uh, and also, they're too selfish to understand that they need to sacrifice in a few ways. So they have to ad- adhere. They have to cleave to certain national myths. To, to help them sort of paper over the, the exploitation of their own lives. And as good progressives, you know, people who are utilizing the newest techniques and what they called unironically back then propaganda, yeah. we are the enlightened ones above who aren't doing this necessarily to trick people, but merely using the mass media to guide them in the yeah. right direction, these necessary illusions. When you get by the time you get to the early 21st century, by the time you get to the election of Donald Trump, necessary illusions, the guiding of the American people with these soft, velvet, gloved hands is no longer sufficient. You need to start having, people need to start creating for themselves necessary delusions. Yes. 
It's 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 it no no longer again is there that guiding force at the top of society, and no longer can people close their eyes to the deep contradiction between the American dream and the American reality. And what that has led to is a wholesale rejection of institutions, right. the, the institutions that made up that monoculture we talked about earlier, uh, and that is one of the big dissonances among the remaining elite is they keep pressing these buttons, and they're not connected to anything anymore, and they and they aren't really able to get that. They can't grasp that because if that's the case, if none of the buttons work anymore, if like the electrodes and the necks of the animals on Dr. Moreau's Island are all been eaten out, then what? Then the inmates are going to run the asylum, and that's too terrifying to consider. So most of them are still in, in some state of denial. And honestly, yeah. not even just like uh, establishment liberals. I, the, the the tenor of so much commentary is is essentially media criticism, and I've done my share of it. Uh, but there is an implication there that there's a way to do the job better, right. that there's a way to do the job that will like uh, reimpose some sense of trust, reimpose a consensus reality that can allow like the more distracting, uh, 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 exp- uh, the more distracting and harmful currents like Trumpism and, and QAnon, uh, isolate them and, and prevent them from spreading. Uh, but that's I don't think that that's true. I think we're antibiotic resistant at this point. Yeah. We're the we're the Russian prison TB that is no longer it, like it, it shits on fucking penicillin. There's um, there the best example for this is uh, you'll you'll hear about this in the news and you'll hear people talking about it is how over the last several years uh, a giant corporation multi multi billion dollar corporation with a very advanced technical apparatus and a sp- spending a lot of money on pundits and news people called Fox News yeah. right News Corp is all of a suddenly all of a sudden a disappointment and being displaced by so many of these Trump people and is now becoming the literal psychotic deluded OAN yes. which is now like the 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 only way the only way that you can truly grasp and and, and accept the the Trump view of reality is going past Fox News and getting to just the pure, deep, schizophrenic delusion that is One America News. Yes, because Fox News, because it is still embedded in the old media nexus and, and it its shareholder value comes in part as being presented as something that is you know, a legitimate source of news, like liberals always yell at it, it isn't, but it's like, I'm sorry, they're just better at it than you. Yeah. They're not, they're, they are, yeah, it's a propaganda network, but so is CNN. They're sure. just, their propaganda is- It's more entertaining. It's more entertaining. Yeah. You just have shitty propaganda. Right. It's not like, it's not, you're not more, you're not limited by the truth because watch CNN, you're not getting any fucking truth. And that there's much more libidinal aspect of exactly. Fox News too that they don't understand. And that's, well, that is one of the reasons that they're doomed is because is they believe that the libido needs to be, uh, that it is a virtue to deny the libido. And in fact, their libidinal enjoyment comes in denying the libido. That's right. where they get yeah. their kinky thrills <laughs> yes. from. And it, that is a very much a front-of-the-class kid, nerd-ass w- way to deal with this stuff. For regular people, why would you want to turn? Why would you want to say no to something that is that is crassly satisfying? Right. Uh, for something that is emotionally like, neutered and 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 even. And only if you're in the, the a different deluded club can you say it has it's anything other than propaganda. It's, sure. it's the same fucking sewer sewer. Great MSNBC is fucking propaganda. They're all fucking propaganda. Fox News is better propaganda, but it still has this. They're 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 still all part of a uh, structure that all recognizes itself as like equals, and that's why they have such a market share. 
Uh, because this to this to this point anyway, the Q the QAnon is still like the vanguard. They're not yet taking over the whole thing. Although I think that's an inevitability. Uh, and so like those first most brittle the brittle edge, the, the the febrile tendrils at the end, they're going to see Fox News's token gestures towards objectivity, objectivity and journalism yeah. as betrayals. Yep. Because the rejection, the QAnon rejection of the media is not just like the form of CNN or whatever. It's the entire pretense. It's the pretense of an objectivity. It's a pretense that there's any side other than the pedophiles and Trump. Good versus evil, light and, versus dark. Exactly. And 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 the, the 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 mere amount that Fox does is enough to just at for the most intense of them to just become uh infuriating and to say I nope. Uh-uh. And if, and for now, Onan, Onan News, <laughs> fucking yeah. infinite jest-ass network, <laughs> yeah. uh, is still, you know, just this small fragmented thing, uh, this, like, media startup, basically. But they have access now. They have access. They have more Trump, more Trump bigs them up. Uh, many people have said that if Trump is to leave, does lose and leave office, that he will become, like, a Onan like guy, have, a, have like, a four-hour day day show just bebopping. I could see Which, it. by the way, everyone Greatest would Greatest ratings. Oh, my everyone God. Everyone would enjoy Incredible, incredible. Because like even the, the liberals... parts of his presidency. Exactly. And even the liberals would enjoy that because he'd be like, he, you know, it's like you've got a rabid badger, but you got a, a, you know, you were able to grab a laundry basket and put it over him and put a brick on top, right. and now you can look at him. And, and, th- and there's this um, conspiracy theory that exists on the left, not one of the good ones, but a bad one, where uh, they say that the media and even the Democrats don't want Trump to lose because it's too, there's too much money in his presidency. I don't think that's true. I think the Democrats are trying to win. They're just really shitty at politics. I think the media, you know, like is trying to play things straight, but it's just that they can't control the social forces that exist underneath. What is true, of course, is that... Um, the mainstream media, all these figures, all these corporations we were talking about, have made so much fucking money off of Trump and Trumpism. All of these breathless uh, takes and all of this reporting on the ground and all of the ratings that they're getting from the Trump phenomenon has been fucking great for them. You know, it's been a it's been boom time. It's been a boom for the podcast uh, economy as well. Sure, sure. It's hard to imagine the the kind the kind of ferment occurring uh, under uh, Hillary Clinton, well, just because there would have been fewer. There would have, there would not have been like Trump in the White House is the, is just the, he's the he's Dana Barrett's apartment building the Evo Shandor one from yes. Ghostbusters <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it's designed to pull in negative energy and and evil spirits and that makes every that turns everybody into Zool uh, and and that's a that and his presidency has has yeah explode created a whole new economy a whole new like political spectacle economy that didn't exist before or was much smaller. There is no Biden, only Zool, famously. Um, in preparation for this, I went back to my old and probably your old uh, history lesson days, and I picked up a 1964 essay, a short one, but a super influential one, by a Columbia historian named Richard Hofstetter ah, yes. called The Paranoid Style in American Politics. Oh, the only article ever written about conspiracy theories in politics according to uh, liberals. Yes, right. It, like, to, to give some context to this article, Hofstetter was part of a 20th century, but really famously mid-20th century historiographical movement called the Consensus School, 
which was right. Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So what the consensus school was was this sort of high modern. Um, Absolutely, uh, that's high, the word for it. Yeah, <laughs> extremely high modern, um, gray, gray eminence sort of. Uh, Dis- dispensation of history where in the United States is very Whiggish, whereas in the United States is for all the conflicts that we have with one another, right? At the essence and at the core, unite the people of America believe in certain things and have a, a, a certain way of carrying themselves and certainly a vital center of politics, right? A vital center, yes. Which excludes all of the radicalism, whether that's communism on the one hand or whether it is, of course, the paranoid right on the other hand. Yeah, they are essentially locked out of power by our our consensus reality that and Americans institutions. that that Americans in 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 general subscribe to. Right. And yes, exactly. through institutions that they have imbued with legitimacy. Exactly. So, he famously writes this short essay which then gets turned into a, a longer book. Uh, and it really gets at, I think, the consensus on what uh, this paranoid fringe is. I'm going to quote from it real quick cuz tell me if this sounds familiar or not. The modern right wing feels dispossessed. America has largely taken away from them and their kind, though they are determined to try to repossess it and prevent the final destructive act of subversion. The old American values have already been eaten away by cosmopolitans and intellectuals. The old competitive capitalism has been gradually undermined by socialistic and communistic schemers. The old national security and independence have been destroyed by treasonous plots, having as their most powerful agents not merely outsiders and foreigners of old, but major statements who are at the very center of American power. Their predecessors had discovered conspiracies. The modern radical right finds conspiracy to be betrayal from on high. So already back in 1964, we see this outline of, um, of basically like the, the modern, not just QAnon, but right-wing conspiracies going back to the 1990s. The problem that we face right now, and I think this is the really interesting thing, and the and the reason why Hofstetler is good to dip in and see how these things are similar, you know, in the past and how yeah. they're different now, is that as we were saying, this this conspiracism, this paranoid style of politics, not just the ideas themselves, but the, these fringe uh, concepts and and movements and people that come from the outside and try to invade the mainstream. He was saying, oh well, this is outside the center of American life. The problem right now is that whether it is QAnon or whether it is Russiagate is that these are now, if not at the center, but they're creeping very fucking quickly uh, into the center of American life and can no longer be seen as just some fringe. Yeah, no, the fringe is, is over. It's the center that's empty. Like the center is, is, is absolutely collapsed. And so right now we're living like around this big crater and, and, uh, and most, most of the political and media class are still too too wedded to the idea that there's something there they can't even see it you know like the old dumb thing about how the indians didn't they couldn't see the ships coming right, you know? right. <laughs> only literally like they think that this the center is still there because yeah. they can't process it it's not well then you live in the center exactly doesn't know what water is, exactly you know? and so they think that there's they think that the other people looking into them are giving them the same gravitas and and uh, and it's legitimacy that they assume when in fact that number of people who actually do that is smaller and smaller, uh, and and only a few people, only a few like uh, political entrepreneurs have the panache 
uh, and the, or the, just the lack of scruples to to rush in and try to fill it from from the from the edges. Uh, but of course, because this is the United States, and because the left has been you know systematically eradicated, uh, the only ones really at the moment making any kind of uh, uh, headway in numbers uh, is is this uh, this new uh, cons- reactionary populist paranoia and what's what's different too because hosteller goes on to mention uh what's his name robert welch yes he was a millionaire and the john chocolate fact candy factory owner like welch's um like welch's fruit snack guy <laughs> i don't know if he's the same guy but robert welch he, he founded the john burst society yeah and he was a millionaire who was pumping all this money he wrote a book actually about how of course uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, the Republican president, was actually a known communist operative. Yep. He's pushing this out. And remember back to the Pearlstein, too, in, in Reaganland and, and then elsewhere, all the discussion of direct mail. Yes. Right? Uh, this diffusion of right-wing ideas through very organized right-wing operatives who are literally collecting lists of <clears throat> potentially... Um, sympathetic people excuse me and sending them directly in the mail we need your help send us money and then they'll send something else you know it was like this whole network of like right wing uh, raising money and also raising awareness that came from these little vanguards of this form of media dispersal and uh, what we have now and I think is what another huge difference is that there's no vanguard there there's no Welch there anymore like obviously somebody created Q but the new conspiracy theories are decentralized. Yeah. Uh, if, if I could use a term of art, uh, rhizomatic. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, too, they are gamified as well. Yes. Right. And this is a huge, huge aspect of it, because what we know now social media companies and designers have done since the advent of it is try to essentially make social media and the notifications and the feelings you get from it like a casino mm-hmm. right these little jolts of serotonin you get like every time you log on and every time you get a push notification that uh social that project of social uh engineering is now combined with millions upon millions of alienated people now who are trying to in some way shape or form like resuscitate or keep alive this vision they have of a country that is literally falling apart. Yeah. That's literally going to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no and there's no like you, you could you could have um, I don't know thrown Welch in jail or you could have banned his book back in the 1950s and the 60s. But without banning the internet nowadays, these things are not going to go away. No, yeah, it's it's the just the permanent feature because it's it's people self soothing. It's it's like it's 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 therapy essentially. Uh, and it's it's the most it's one of the most especially for certain demographics uh, you know suburbanites people who don't talk to a lot of people in the day people who spend a lot of time on the internet which is a lot of people it's a lot of people uh, I'll admit to some of that myself yeah uh, like if you were on there uh, I think one of the big drivers of this is is just the very fact that as much as the uh architecture of social media is like a casino and designed to stimulate uh over time uh it becomes less engaging unless you up just like in a casino unless you up the stakes and that means that there will be an inevitable progression of intensity of feeling uh and intensity of involvement 
and a and a, a yearning for large scale apocalyptic narratives to connect to, just to keep you engaged, just to feel something, just to yeah, just to keep the old sensation that you used to get from just like arguing with your nephew about Obungler. That doesn't work anymore. Now you need to be on the Q proofs. You need to be one of the one of the pedophile hunters, and, and not just occasionally, or not just. You know, when we first, any of us have a revelation about something, you get that unique feeling. It's not just that initial revelation, but it's day in and day out, yes. right? It, and it's also an active participation in this. You're not receiving a direct mailing from some guy in Arizona who's trying to, um, I don't know, push up the bid of uh, Goldwater or something, right? You're actually involved in the Q proofs. You've got the Q clock. It's hanging on the wall right in front of your desktop computer. You're doing the proofs. You're doing the work. You're doing right? the work. And you're not just doing it, but you're also sharing it with tons of people who are more real to you in many ways. Certainly believe more in what, what you believe and... Um, and your vision of the world than your family members or your coworkers, right? These people get it. They understand me. These are my people. Yes, there's there's a whole cottage industry uh, of of accounts that harvest Facebook posts from few people talking about how their family doesn't talk to them anymore. Yes, and they say to a person, "Well, that's fine. I've got I've got the Q proofs. I've got my I've got my fellow uh, we go one we go uh, all warriors, and they are they are my family more than these assholes." <laughs> right. These people who I spend not that much time with anyway, yeah. comparatively. These, these people I birthed and raised, yeah. they don't understand me, right? They don't, they don't know the, the reality, the real world. In that sense, and, and this I think I, I want to talk a bit about the religious aspect of QAnon. Yes. Because again, what, what separates this from like the John Burr Society, this right-wing group of far-right psychos in the 1950s and 60s uh, from QAnon is that in a sense, like John Birch Society is is far more materialist than QAnon. So, like John Birch Society is the is like the um, or QAnon is like the um, the metaphysical shell, and John yes. Birch Society is like the, the the material kernel inside of it because they were dealing they were dealing with serious material issues. Like Eisenhower was is a communist. They were dealing with uh, subversion of the State Department. They were dealing with material issues like the plot to put um, fluoride in the water for brain control. Yeah. Like these are real things that are that could potentially be really happening. Whereas QAnon is way off in left field and has left the realm of uh, the physical and the possible. Well, that's as if you discount the existence of the uh, deep underground military bases where all of the celebrity trials and executions are taking place and also where the clones are being created yes yes so that yes they've executed all the celebrities but so that they don't disturb people too much they have created clones or holograms of them i i, I understand why they would have gotten tom hanks mm -hmm. because obviously he's like he represents this sort of like this boomer nostalgia for like the greatest generation he's like um this guy that always gets thrown up as representing america i would get why the cabal would want to kill him i get why they would want to kill kevin spacey and replace him because obviously kevin spacey was a liability he led his psychopedo uh, uh, uh proclivities be introduced to the world but why christina aguilera i will never fucking understand well first of all i think i think 
It's actually stupider than you think it is. Okay. Because you think the cabal is having these people killed and replacing them with cyclists. I, I do think that. No, no. Okay. That's not what QAnon believes. QAnon believes that the white hats, they believe the good guys, the good guys. have okay. executed all of these. And that, but, that's why you, but that doesn't make sense because then why are they making clones and holograms? Yeah. The white hats should conceivably be wanting to like spread the information that yeah. the cabal exists. You would think. Yeah. No. Well, that's because... There is a knowledge, there's a deep knowledge, I think, that nothing is ever actually going to change. Like, they understand that at some fundamental level. They understand that at least well enough to know that if they start making, like, real predictions and real, like, that was a thing that Q used to do. Q yes, would say, like, yeah. buy X or buy Y, X is going to happen. And that kept not happening. And instead of that undermining faith in Q, what it did was it changed the game. Right. And that is when they started introducing, well, no, the executions have happened. They've happened secretly. And because, they, because people aren't ready yet for the f truth, we're putting out the celebrity clones and holograms to give you to, so, that, so that the regular people, the people not in the know, the, non, the, non, uh, 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 the people who aren't seeking gnosis through Q, <laughs> uh, they, they can keep going around their days until the day of revelation. When they'll be like, yeah, we executed all the pedos, and now uh, we're all, we're gonna just round up all the Democrats. I mean, because that is the thing. It is a it is an apocalyptic it's an eschatological, eschatological yeah. worldview that ends with a, a a a literal apocalypse in the form of a military coup, where all Democrats, uh, Antifa, Antifa, BLM, and they're China. all they're all thrown in jail or killed, and so, democracy is essentially replaced right. by by an eternal. I'm guessing Trumpian monarchy. Sure, sure. Like Baron Trump becoming uh, like Charles V. I mean, isn't this isn't this part of the delusion, which is that I can sit here and, and try to think even from these people's worldviews about a set of policies that one could put in place to create this like free and prosperous republic that these people imagine Trump is going to do. And I think there's literally no way to create the world that they want, which is on the one hand very banal. Right. This like the, the free America that they imagine is, I guess, the 1950s. Right. Right. But also literally impossible to create at this point in time. So it has to be an illusion. It has to be something that, you know, similar to, you know, under the Soviet Union, communism was always at the horizon. Right. Yeah. Same sort of thing. And what's striking about this religious aspect of it is there's um, there's a theory by biblical textualists about how it is that the Jesus cult, the, the, how the human being of Jesus turned into the Jesus cult with a, some apostles uh, behind him and then eventually became a worldwide religion, billions of people. Um, and what it is is that, the theory is anyways, that Jesus came, Jesus was born and Jesus started to minister among the people of Judea and everybody assumed, and he himself probably also said, that the kingdom of God on earth was going to be a literal physical kingdom of God, that the Jewish people would return, basically return to their control of the land and the ancient Old Testament prophecies would be fulfilled yeah. under the body of Jesus Christ. What ends up happening, though, is because, of course, as we know, Jesus is accused and tried and uh, crucified and dies is that this dream of heaven on earth this dream of god's kingdom existing in the real world the people who believed in that couldn't say we were wrong right that we were lied to or that we lied to ourselves it has to have happened but not on this plane on another plane yes and you see the exact same sort of um understanding of of q as because 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 if hillary clinton was not arrested 
if there hasn't been a mass execution and roundup of pedos, right? If there's no proof that Comet, uh, Comet Ping Pong had that pedo dungeon, right? You can either give up your beliefs in QAnon at that point or say, well, that's not part of the plan. Right. The plan is happening at the distant future. And maybe we were confused about when this was actually going to happen and under what auspices. But the goalposts have moved farther yeah. across in a, in a way that's very much like ancient Christianity. Absolutely. And, the, and there are some actual policies that they think are going to be part of the great unveiling. Oh, like interesting. Actually, there are, but not, not, obviously nothing to... Uh, Let's see their, I mean, their policy proposals. It's basically cures for all diseases. It, it's, it's magical stuff. It's magic. Like they, 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 yeah, believe, they believe that they, they believe that the cabal has prevented a, a cure. For, like we're all we are all sick because of like GMOs and vaccines. Sure. Uh, and we will be healed uh-huh. by 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 wonder drugs yeah. that are being suppressed by the cabal. And when the final overthrow happens, they will be given to us by the by the new Trump Imperium. That is fucking batshit. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen some stuff like recently of people being like. Wow, I sure hope that cancer uh, cure shows up. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sick. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> They're, like, refusing chemotherapy to spend more time looking at Q-proofs <laughs> and just just waiting for that hammer to yeah. drop. Yeah, it's, it's extremely eschatological. And in its cultic sort of uh, fashion... It's also very similar to um, the Millerites yes. of, the, of the 19th century, the famous date of 1844, yep. when all of a sudden Jesus Christ came down and redeemed all the sinners and started the end days. You know something about that, right? Oh, yeah. Matt? They all went on to a top. They, went, they literally, all of them went on top of a big hill and waited. And then they all had to walk back down. And I'm sure that was a bummer of a, of a walk. Oh, they literally called it the Great Disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> As people have pointed out, there's a whole book about it called When Prophecy Fails. There is no mass, there is a disappointment, yes, but there is not a disillusionment. Maybe in some people, but there is not a mass spontaneous disillusionment. Because you can't just give, take one worldview that you have held with every fiber of your being and drop it. Because what are you then? Who right. are you? Right. That is too. That is too dramatic of a of a personal uh, violation of your sense of self. Uh, t- so you you accommodate it. And so the Millerites are still around. The Seventh Day Adventists. Yes, they still are exist. the descendants of the Millerites. They're still out on Saturdays doing um, doing uh, communion and services. Mm-hmm. That's their great innovation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the Branch Davidians were an, uh, an offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventists. This. This gets into the really interesting, the fascinating history, because um, the Millerites are, are part of this, uh, part of the Second Great Awakening, as it's called. Uh, the First Great Awakening was in the mid-18th uh, century, rather. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you talk to, we're either at three or four or maybe even five Great Awakenings at this point. But I mentioned John Winthrop and uh, the Shining City on the Hill earlier. There was a sense when a lot of Americans came here, you know, we're talking back in the 17th, 18th century, that not only were they settling a new land, and not only was that for religious freedom, but also that this soil, this land itself, because it was quote-unquote empty, could be filled as a vessel with the word of God could be could be even become the dominion of God himself. This is an idea that goes back hundreds of years. Yeah, and it was finally realizable because it was a tab- tabula rasa in their mind. But th- that did create a crisis because 
the religion is not just doctrine it's social practice yeah. and it is socially embedded and everyone who came to america all the european settlers who came to america in the 18th century and the 17th century they were ripping themselves out of a social fabric wherever may, they may have come from where religion had and, and the new religion they were building had was denuded yeah. it was pure doctrine at yeah. this point because people were i mean yes you had like groups of, of settlers who maybe come together but it is largely strangers on this continent coming together uh they all might consider themselves christian in some sense and they might even all more largely be protestant but 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 the social dimension of Christianity had to be remade, and that means that like the, God's will had has to be divinable in your life. Like you have to know what God wants and what God doesn't want, because otherwise, how do you know what to do every moment in your life? And the social dimension of religion, much more than the doctrinal one, is what really from day to day gets you right. through that. Yes, and, especially when you're on the frontier. Yes. only like forty or fifty of you. In, in exactly, and that made that was a crisis. Like these people came to this continent with this religion that was now denuded of the social uh, context that gave it day to day like guidance to your lot to your decision making. And I think that the second, the, like our great awakenings, are I think a series of just like nervous breakdowns as people try to recontextualize uh, a, a a religion that was you know founded in the the middle east and then and then syncretized into european you know uh, proto proto medieval under distinctism distinct historical and social conditions right and 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 was by the time what was like a fully were was a fully developed tradition in a european context that had to be remade for an american one and most importantly had to be remade most of all was got the ability to discern god's will the ability to know what you're supposed to do in the absence of that social fabric. And because it was Italia La Rosa, what we came, came around to was, well, what we do to the land, that's what God wants because we're all doing it. We're, most of us are Christians. The good Christians will prosper. The bad Christians will fail. And that's how we'll know by who, who succeeds and fails in writing themselves on the land because anyone could do it. And if your measure of how well you're doing according to God's word and will uh, comes from a Calvinistic type perspective, then the better you do in this new world, the more prosperous you are and the more you accumulate, the better you're doing. Yeah. There's, there's this deep sort of teleology within this, this unique idea of Protestantism that comes to America, but really thrives in America that we can see, of course, in uh, the prosperity gospel right. today. Right. And like people will insist that like actual Calvin didn't say that, like, no, just if somebody's doing good that isn't a proof of anything it's like yes but that was in europe yeah that's when everybody everybody is that was before, stuck next to each that other was before free real estate exactly that's everyone's <laughs> stuck next to each other everybody is embedded in a social relationship and there isn't even that much like even though you have like a highly stratified class society you don't actually have that much difference in like life no like everybody's shitting in the same bucket yeah. everybody's dying of gripe for hundreds of years yeah. yeah this is a place where people could write huge huge material uh uh wealth in into the land and if we're christians then how else are you supposed to figure out what else is god's will if not the success and failure in the in the frontier and then the second great awakening the one that went from like the 1820s to the 40s the one that spawned the mormons and mm -hmm. the seventh-day adventists uh that had its locus i think i think in interestingly the, the locus of it was northern New York, was yes. the, the, the burned over, over country district. called it, yep. uh, which I think non coincidentally is where the R R Erie Canal uh, operated, uh, and 
the Erie Canal created a weird liminal space in, in the American colonies or, or, or the early American states. It was, it, was, it was where the country, like where the yeoman life met the commerce, met the market. This, this yeoman Jeffersonian conception of mm-hmm. the, the artisan or the, the, farm, yeah. uh, the farm family who, yeah. who's relatively the, self The virtue, yeah, the virtue and, of farm life. And also somewhat insulated from the market yeah. as well. In this and then of, here it comes. Yeah. And here it comes. There's great parts in Moby Dick where he talks about how like the, 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 the canal, the people of the canal are just these, uh, they're all, they are lumpen proletarians, essentially. Right. They, they are, they are, they're the dross, they're the runoff, and they are drawn to this, this, this like liminal uh, uh, place where people are just, you know, you grab, you, you, somebody gives you a wad of coins for you to draw some logs down the thing, and then you go to a whorehouse or whatever. That was in the middle of like the yeoman splendor of Northern New York, and, and, I think the second great awakening was another nervous breakdown around, okay, the land is now foreclosed. We don't get to write our will on the land, maybe out in the country, but remember the great second great awakening happened mostly in, in the old, old part of America right. uh, where people weren't, where the, the land was the, all the Mormons tied off. had to go out West. They did. To, exactly. To yes. Like all the land, all, all the places where people had like the initial like revelations and stuff and where people really recommitted themselves was places where all the all it all been staked off. Everybody bought it. All uh, the, the speculators had come through and they just sold it all off by a long time ago. So you're not going to be able to write your will on the land anymore. So how do you know God's will? And the answer we came up with again was what you do in the market. That is the revelation of God's will. And I think that this period and the period before that birthed in the United States especially, I think it's spreading to parts of Central and South America right now. Oh, big time. Not just an idea that uh, writing your will on the landscape is God's will, but also that individualism, um, not just within the family, but individuals, is godly in and of itself, which mm-hmm. is why the sort of Christianity you see in the evangelical community of the United States right now seems so perverted because... Yeah. Distorted, I should say, not pervert shit, not sicko shit per se, although there's a lot of that. There's a lot of them. But like you had, like if I understand what you're saying with the crisis, if you look at it like a crisis of the um, yeoman artisanal system that's reflected in more and more people, more and more Americans falling into the wage labor system, right? That has to have always always in all these periods through us and world history has to have a cultural or let's say spiritual reflection to it right when we look at QAnon today and i this is different from people who simply describe or like laugh about the events what we want to get to is why QAnon, right why now and under what conditions is this happening? Because this, if there are all these different awakenings and maybe fucking QAnon's the fifth grade awakening. I know, it, it could be. It, it could be, it's not, well, we'll see how dangerous and shitty and, and widespread it gets, right? But like each one of these cases um, is a reflection of the social contradictions that arise at that point in time because they don't always happen economically. Like we talk about, um, you and I, we talk about political economy, we talk about workers, we talk about global politics and geopolitics or whatever. For, the, for most people in their everyday lives, these sort of things not only happen but are also reflected and bounced back by a very cultural and spiritual sense of where they are in the world and what's happening to them. And so the, this Great Awakening was an expression of all those contradictions, as were the ones bef- after that, uh, up until the ones that exist today. Yeah. And I think one thing that's very interesting, so in, in talking about the Great Awakenings uh, and putting 
cue in the context of that. I think you you have to emphasize that it is it started out have out as, and still is uh, a movement driven by evangelical Christians. That's right. Uh, and and they view it as a, a they they view the whole battle between the deep state and Trump as a as a biblical war between good and evil. It is it is essentially an unwritten like it's an unwritten uh, chapter of of Revelation. They are dominionists. Yes, and but now there's a growing uh, influence and a growing uh, confluence between Q and New Age spirituality. Right, right, and there's a split that's arising over that. Yeah, uh, and. I think that's interesting because, as you talked earlier about how Q has ha, has the same cosmology and the same approach to revealing it as Scientology does, in that we can't tell you every, everyone couldn't know everything because their heads couldn't handle it. Uh, and I think that because Scientology is essentially secularized evangelicalism, it was it was it was it was the way for the the the. Uh, secularized subject who was uh, in the in the post-war era, who was facing the same crisis as as religious people were of faith in in the in the aftermath of of uh, you know the world the war of Auschwitz and the and the new, and and Hiroshima of like what is what are we who are what are we doing here, uh, and and they answered in similar ways, uh, uh, in America anyway because this is the land of free real estate and their free real estate was. The universe was, <laughs> was get a, get it's a planet out yeah, there. Yeah, it's like no, there is, there's a trillion. There's actually trillions of years. You will be alive eternally as an individual being, which is also like Mormonism. You know, I was going to say the Mormons do that shit too. You just created like they a do. uh, doctoral thesis where uh, it was the expansion out west that inspired John uh, Joseph Smith and everybody to to believe that the life that heavenly life after you die is it literally goes on having forever. free real estate. Yeah, yeah. You get your own planet. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and Scientology was the post-war secular expression of that same coping mechanism. That's that same instinct towards pursuing a new frontier in the face of a closed and terrifying and 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 threatening world and now i think that in the, like the the descendants of that like or, or i think like the new age movement in general is 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 a, is a secularized attempt to grapple with the same issues the same issues of of of, of identity and 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 displacement and, and alienation that that evangelical christianity uh, seeks to pursue and pursues them along the same way as about personal a, a personal totally because that's the key component of like new age spirituality and all and protestant evangelicalism and scientology is that all of these battles are totally individual it is it is an it's individual soul spirit relationship to god it's your personal enlightenment right. connecting with the with gaia or Zenu, whatever it is right. it is it is you the idea the, the the individual is because you're an american taken as the 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 fundamental uh, building block of reality is the individual, personal like spirit, soul, whatever, and I mean I think that that is a delusion, and I think that that's uh, that it's one it's, it's ideology. Yeah, it is exactly it is ideology, and it's specifically ideolo- ideology that is that is uh, reinforced in every element of American specifically civilization, but increasingly everywhere, uh, because we 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 were the leading edge, and and then we are now like recreating our own dynamics everywhere else which is why q is now in the uk it's in germany (laughs) it's all over the place because it provides for people who are experiencing not maybe in the same numbers as we are the same but the same crises and and are exposed to the same like you know broad monoculture that we've been exporting for the past uh, century or so 
and and it, it now this is a ready-made solution for the same problems so much of history is about like the Hofstadter quote that I gave about um, relating something that happened 50 years ago to what we experience today. Yeah. But maybe even more important for history is to look back and realize how utterly different and bizarre our way of living is from the way that every single human being has through path, through the past. And I'm not saying just Americans, but especially Americans. Especially Americans. Right? Like, even this, this, this type of Christianity that we have that developed out of, of course, the Catholic Church, which was a collective and monolithic entity, which was not about ultimately the individual. It was about the community. It was about the congregation. And it was a, uh, there was an intercession between you and God with a priest, right? That, that existed for a thousand years. And then you had with the early seeds of capitalism, you had the rise of Protestantism, yeah. which is far more individualized. But by the time you get to the 20th century, the late 20th century in the United States, this idea of Christian, this typology of, of what it is to be a, 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 a saved person, goes so completely in the direction from collective to individual yeah. that now essentially what uh, evangelical Christianity in much of the United States says is that you are exactly that alienated, separated, isolated monad that capitalism like uh, assumes that you are. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's you and God. Yeah, you and God are the only real things in the universe, essentially. Uh, and, yet, and, the, and yet the battle for community remains. Yeah. Yeah.